0: Hello everyone, it's me, Keenan Jerome Floyd, back at you with another episode of the Dangerously Awkward Podcast. Um, I'm trying to be more consistent, I'm trying to stick to it, like everyone keeps saying. Um, I'm gonna try to keep doing more episodes and not get tired of the process, so people can finally figure out or find out who I am. Uh... So if you haven't heard the podcast before, basically I'm talking about being an ex-Jehovah's Witness, which means I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. Now I was, spent 30 years in the religion, Um, and now I'm trying to make it in show business. So I'm going to talk about my perspective from that upbringing on what I'm seeing in the world and how I feel about things. And on this episode, we're going to talk about social media and how I think it affects society. So sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of the Dangerously Awkward Podcast. again, it's me, Keenan Floyd, Keenan Jerome Floyd. Actually, um, I hope you guys had a nice holiday season, Christmas, and uh, Kwanzaa. We have uh, we have New Year's coming up. Um, I hope you spent a lot of time with family or whatever you like to do. I spent a lot of time watching Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. In writing, that's basically what I did. I sat in front of a a screen mostly all of my vacation, uh, which is cool. I took walks and stuff too, so I'm not a total loser. um, I'm watching this new show called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a very, very interesting show. Going into it, I felt, I was a little skeptical because I wasn't sure if it was one of those pat-yourselves-on-the-back type shows. Um... (laughs) Because uh, when I read about it, they said it was a it was a show, a period piece that took place in the nineteen fifties, nineteen fifty eight specifically, and it was about one of the first female comedians who happens to be Jewish. And I said, well, wait a minute. If it took place in nineteen fifty eight, you she's not the first. I mean, be, you can't ignore like Fanny Bryce and Moms Mabley, especially Moms Mabley. She was the first openly gay. uh Comedian to ever do that, do it, and she was doing comedy on the Chitlin' Circuit since 1919. So by the time 1958, you had her, you had uh, you had Fanny Bryce you had Lucille Ball, I believe, and you had Phyllis Diller killing it on the scene. So I thought it was one of these fantasy fictionalized uh, shows where the stakes weren't too high because the because the the character of Mrs. Maisel, she was married, um, her husband ended up leaving her for a secretary they lived in an apartment on the upper east side it was a very huge apartment her family was wealthy and all of that stuff they go to paris and everything in the in the show um but they do acknowledge these people they in some episodes uh, she's listening to red fox albums um she, they're talking about mom's mabley she meets lenny bruce which i think is very very cool i enjoy i'm enjoying the uh the series. I'm now going into the second season. So no spoilers whatsoever. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, I'm, g- I'm going to be watching bird box with Sandra Bullock and Lil Rel. I don't know who else is in it, but I've been seeing it all over social media about how good it is. So I'm going to check out, um, the bird box, um, to put it to rest. Yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. It's definitely a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. And to be honest with you, it's basically Home Alone with guns. So if anybody has any doubts whatsoever about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie, you heard it first here. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. That's not necessarily an original thought, but I wanted to share it. Um, you know what my favorite Christmas movie is, though? Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, and Sinbad is my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, you know why it's my favorite Christmas movie? It's because a young white child discovered white privilege for Christmas. That was his Christmas miracle. He actually acknowledged his white privilege. If, if you ever ha, if you've never seen Jingle all the way, what's about is this Arnold Schwarzenegger plays this dad that neglects his son because he's working too much you know trying to keep a big old roof over his family's head and and you know you know paying for the mortgage and paying for their nice cars and and making sure they have heat on in the house and instead of being appreciative, they're complaining that he's always busy with work. And he misses his kid's hockey game and his wife's cookies and and all that stuff. So, the way that he can prove that he is a good father is that he's going to go and get one of the most popular toys of the season. Which is called Turbo Man. And basically, it's a parody of Power Rangers. Um... Turbo Man is, uh, is like, you know, it's at Simon's Power Rangers, It's this big, popular cartoon that's on TV, so all the kids are watching it. And then, uh, the Turbo, Turbo Man toy becomes the biggest toy of the Christmas season. So everyone's killing each other trying to get this toy. So Arnold Schwarzenegger waits until, uh, Christmas Eve to go get the toy. So he has to go and fight A whole bunch of parents, and he ends up running into Sinbad, who's a postal worker, who's also waiting to the last minute, trying to get the toy for his son, who we never see in the movie, by the way, and, you know, they end up coming head-to-head, and then at the end of the movie, there's this finale, where they end up in a parade, where Arnold Schwarzenegger dresses up like Turbo Man, and uh, Sinbad dresses up like the villain, I don't know what his name is, and they end up fighting, and... At the end, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger gets the doll. He gives it to his son and Sinbad is arrested by the police. And then his son goes up to Sinbad and he says, you know what? You can have this doll. And and Arnold Schwarzenegger goes, but, but uh, Anakin Skywalker, I thought you wanted this. I thought you wanted this doll more than anything. And he turns around and he says, Why do I need the Turbo Man doll when I have Turbo Man at home? And Sinbad's like, Thank you, my son is really going to appreciate this. And the kid's like, That's okay, I'm white. And then the movie ends. So. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) So. At the end of the movie, the crowd hoists Schwarzenegger on his shoulders and they march off while Sinbad is being shoved into the back of a cop car. So basically, the kid was like, "You know what? This trouble man for your son is probably going to be the only bright spot in his life because you know, you know, he's gonna he's gonna grow up and you know." It's The world's going to be heavy on him. So he might as well have one few bright moments in his life. I'm going to go and grow up and own a company. So, you know, here you go, chum. But that's my favorite movie. Jingle All the Way is my favorite Christmas movie. Now, let's talk about uh, something that that has been on my mind recently. I, um, I actually, uh, I took all my time off. I actually started deleting a lot of people off of my Instagram. And the reason for that is because, well, mostly because a lot of these people weren't following me, following me back. So that means they're worthless. And also it's, it's pointless. It's, a lot of these people on Instagram have no purpose. I, I am I'm very, very serious about this. No purpose whatsoever. I'm literally... Every time I wake up and I go through my Instagram stories, I see the same thing. And it's usually... And I don't want to pick on this particular group, but it's usually ass pictures. Oh, I'm sorry. Butt pictures, twerking videos. Um, and... It's like, and I don't know, like twerking videos and breast pictures. That's basically what it is. It's basically people showing off their bodies. And that's fine. But what really got me thinking about was there was this, there was this thing, again, I found on Facebook, where there was this teacher, this college professor. She, she has a big butt and she was wearing tight pants. And everyone's like, well, is this teacher um, being professional in the way she's dressed? First of all, you can't really change your body. So I don't know what she's supposed to wear that's necessarily gonna make her butt look any less big than it is, unless she wore like a humongous potato sack. But I ended up doing more research on her and it turns out that she's also a model and she has this Instagram page where all of her pictures is just her in bikinis and stuff just showing ass. That's it, just showing ass. And she has to tell people that she's also a professor. So she's like, oh, well, by the, well, don't just look at me from my body, even though all the, the photos I've taken are all of my ass and I'm shoving it up in the camera. But also realize that I also have degrees. I'm smart. And I uh, uh, I am also a professor. But it's like, why do you have to explain yourself? Number one. And the only reason you're explaining yourself is because you think people think differently of you by the way you look or how you present yourself. That's really what it is because you could be a beautiful person, be a, a, a professor or something, or, or have a, or do, you know, not use your beauty as a way of getting attention. You can you can be a scientist or whatever, but I mean it's like if you're doing ass pictures and then you have to explain to me that you are more than your ass, at this point you know that when I see your pictures on Instagram, I don't really care what profession you are. I'm just there for ass. That's it. I I was following this other this other young lady who was a model who on all of her pictures she was topless, like either when she had a shirt on, you see her nipples or she would be open sure shirt and she would be topless. And then she would be like, I'm more than my breast. I'm also a vegan. And every other post was about vegan burritos or the vegan chicken or whatever she's eating. But it's like if you have to explain to me. If you have to explain to me that you're something more than what you're presenting in your on your social media, then what's the point? Like be self- just be like, yo, I use this social media to show my ass and my titties. That's it. Like, don't try to convince me otherwise, because I don't give a I don't care about all the other stuff that you're trying to be. Just I'm there to see ass and titties. That's it. And that's essentially what why I'm trying to use social media less and I'm trying to just get rid of people. That just don't really contribute to anything because cause to me it's almost like it's almost it's almost frustrating because you're seeing this and it's like these people really aren't contributing anything to society, but they're getting all of the attention right like there's activists that have less followers than these people that are showing body I'm talking about men too I'm not I'm not just picking on women, but it just seems social media has made us Well, I mean, it's made us much more self-centered and much more awkward in public than before. Because I remember when social media first came out, I was in college. um, studying computer science. And we were... MySpace was a big deal back then. MySpace and High Five. And Facebook had came out in 2005 when we were in college. And we were looking at Facebook like, what's the purpose of this? We already have MySpace. There's no point in having... Facebook, because you can't put music on your profile. That was the cool stuff about MySpace. You could change the background, and you could have music and little uh, animated emojis around your picture. You could be, you were some cool stuff with MySpace. But it changed. The cha- when Facebook came out, everything changed. People, so we stopped talking to people. When cell phones and all that so stuff, we stopped talking to each other. And it's interesting it's interesting now how you know a lot of people they're scared of talking to people in public, but they will meet a person that they meet on the dating app and have sex with them immediately. but if I talk to you in a bar, it's weird. That's essentially where we're going as a society and another thing about the the, the thing that's annoying me about social media is outrage culture. Outrage culture. This outrage culture is is turning people insane. Now people are able to go back 10, 12 years and find something that someone said, bring it to light like it's brand new, and now people are upset over something that happened over a decade ago. Like the thing that happened with Kevin Hart. The thing that happened with Kevin Hart was he just made some homophobic jokes back a decade ago which also was a whole different time period because if you listen to comedians that are popular now um and you go back 10 15 years when they first came out they were saying racist homophobic all that stuff all over the place on tv like on tv and everything and now people are trying to act like the people are supposed to be responsible for what they did 10 15 years ago of course, it's selective. Though it's selective about what uh, what people have done ten, fifteen years ago. Like, for example, you know, if someone says something sexist, then it's you know, let's go go after that person. If someone says anything homophobic, then let's go after the, go after that person. But we don't really talk about. Um, we don't talk about the kid that was killed in 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 uh, Howard Beach in the '80s by a white mob. We don't really talk about that. We don't talk. We don't really talk about Emmett Till a whole lot. Um, we don't talk about the fact that because of one woman's lie, Black Wall Street was burned down and it, and it efficiently um, doused hopes of. Inter uh generational wealth in the black community. We don't talk. See, it's it's very selective. We don't really talk about those things. But like social media has a very interesting place in my heart for, as being a former Jehovah's Witness because when I was a Jehovah's Witness, social media was the cause of a lot of disdain and a lot of, uh, and a lot of tension in the uh in the Jehovah's Witness congregations. I remember I was in a uh I I was in the congregation there was this there was this uh this purge of young people in the congregation based on their social media accounts. And I was the snitch basically. I remember we were in one meeting. I was they called me into one meeting because with the elders because I knew how to use MySpace, right? So we're on this computer, all the elders are around me and we're pulling up each social media account of each person. Of each young person in the congregation. And I mean... To me, it's silly now. But back then, it was shocking. Because a lot of these kids... They they, they lived total double lives on social media. Absolutely, absolutely different from the way they were in church. They were They were on social media... And and gangster outfits with their middle fingers out With women With this, with that And and people were shocked Shocked And then they had special needs talk Where they were like we need to watch our kids on social media And make sure that they're not doing things They're not supposed to be doing I I mean I was living a double life myself I eventually got caught Um Someone snitched on me. So, I mean, it's from that perspective, I had never really been a fan of social media, even though I was addicted to it. But I just think now looking on the outside, looking in, it's just it's 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 a mob mentality that's going on right now. And social media is the catalyst. Social media is the catalyst. To be honest with you, I don't think social media is for black people. Because it seems like that a lot of things that happen on social media is used to make us upset all the time. I mean, I I, I wake up and I see videos of policemen shooting unarmed black men and I'm supposed to go, go out and have a good day after that. Why are those videos on my feed? I don't want to see those videos. Like recently, they, uh, they dug up a video about, um, it was, it was, uh, talking funny. It was a, an HBO documentary that came out about eight years ago. It was Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Louis C.K. Rick, and Ricky Gervais. And I, I saw it when it first came out, I thought it was brilliant. And Louis C.K. said the N-word. He said the N-word and Chris, you know, they have a rapport amongst themselves. Um, you have to realize that, that, that Louis C.K. wrote for Chris Rock on the Chris Rock Show. He wrote and directed Pootie Tang, which was produced and also had Chris Rock in it. Um, they worked together on, on, I don't know if they worked together on stand-up, but I mean, Louis C.K. does have bits, did have bits about the N-word and all that stuff. And, and, and so they, Chris, you know, obviously, so does Chris Rock. So they dig up this video. And they posted all over faith all over social media, and write articles and say, "Here's another reason to hate Louis C.K." So, so Louis C.K. says that Chris Rock's laughing in the video, and then Jerry Seinfeld saying, "Well, I don't use the word, nor do I seek to use the word for any reason." So now, black people are turning some—not all, but some black people on Black Twitter. Turn on Chris and they say well Chris has always been a coon and Chris this and we need to cancel Chris I never thought Chris Rock was funny and blah blah it's like oh wait so hold up So we're going to Now We're going to turn against First, we're, first we were supposed to cancel Monique When the Monique situation came out where Netflix was paying to pay her a lot of money uh, $500,000 in comparison to other people on social media black black people and black Twitter were like well Monique needs to Sit down and take the money and and all this stuff not realizing that what she was pushing for Actually had a longevity and the an execution even though I didn't necessarily agree with the way she did it But what she was saying was true what she was saying was true Does she deserve it? Maybe not but that doesn't say from the fact that what she said was true, right? Um, then we're supposed to cancel Kanye West. You know, Kanye West was talking about free thought and he said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to support this. I'm going to support that. So then might like, right. Well, well, we need to cancel Kanye West and all that stuff and everything. And then white people start coming in and saying, yeah, Kanye West is crazy. What is he doing supporting Trump? And it's like, yo, you don't have the right to. To be able to say anything about who Kanye supports or doesn't support, because it's not his fault that Trump is in office. He's dealing with what he was dealt. So it's like now there's all this scrutiny and all this stuff about on social media, and now the mob mentality is: well, you have to be on this side or you're against us. Like we're no one's allowed to be down the middle on social media. So what happens is you end up setting up the chessboard and people that observe, they call these people trolls, the people that observe the mob mentality, people become predictable. They say, okay, well, you're going to be upset by this. You're going to be upset by that. I'm going to use this against you because they know that now people just aren't going to ignore things. So they're able to manipulate people emotionally and it ends up it ends up having life off of social media like for example there was a uh, on facebook there was a there was a white girl um that used the n word in response to um the chris rock thing right so a bunch of people got on and just said why are you using the n word and this and that and and blah 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 and And, and, and you can't say that and you can't do this and you can, you can't do that. So she got a hundred, she got a hundred and something comments, right? And people were telling her, they said, you know, don't use the N word. And then she used it again. Um, And eventually uh, black people started getting involved in the conversation. And this is where it really took a toll for me. It took a sharp turn for me because there was a guy he said, you know, as a black man, if you're white and you use the N word around me, I'm punching you in the face. Then another guy came and said, fuck you, asshole. I love to see you do that shit. You wouldn't stand a fucking chance. Look at all these triggered libtard snowflake Antifa motherfuckers up in here. I'm done bringing myself down to an extreme level of severely mentally retarded people. Um. Then he says, uh "Again, you got the brain of a fucking fly." Now, mind you, now this is an entire conversation because there was a video that was found eight years ago of Chris Rock and Louis C.K. Jay Seinfeld Ricky Gervais talking about the N word. It was re-released eight years later. It was re-released, and people are starting to make a big deal about it. Right? Again, right? So this is the result. Of people go- digging back 10 years ago and then trying to make it a thing today. So now you have people fighting on social media over this. And then the guy says, So and so, I'm in New York all day, homie. I have no problems running up in the streets. I'm going to see you soon. Then he says, You're defending a racist person, and I'm the snowflake. And then the white guy responds and says, Who the fuck are you to be the thought police and to police free speech anyways? Of course, when it has to do with, like, race, racist stuff, the First Amendment's always the first thing that people bring up. He says, Go take a fucking back seat, bitch. Oops, I, I suppose I'm sexist because I called you a bitch. He's talking to a dude. Please, you stupid ass wannabe social justice warrior Antifa fucking clown. Um, And then the girl comes back And explains why The fact that she said nigga please Is not threatening or racist And then she came back and said To the guy that said I'm punching white people in the face for saying it He says go ahead I'll have you arrested for assault After I drop you to the floor And then the white guy Comes back and says Exactly you can't talk common sense and logic With mentally deranged And emotionally unstable retards no, it doesn't. Uh, no, it doesn't. You fucking idiot. Free speech means you can say whatever the fuck you want when you want. Who the fuck are you to dictate what free speech is, you dumb cunt? All right. So all of this is in caps, right? All of this is in caps, and people are f- are threatening each other physically. They're threatening. E- they're threatening physical violence against each other because of a video that someone went. And dug up from eight years ago. Like, do you see what I'm saying about social media? Like, this, like, we have become so connected to the matrix that we're allowing, we're allowing a person's opinion to turn to, 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 to manipulate us. And, and like it's funny if you've if you've read articles um Russian spies and Russian bots hacked into social media and they were able to and they and during the election up until now they were able to manipulate people into doing things that they want politically that have affected lives in this nation have been manipulated through social media like we We're so, we take this, we take what we see on the computer so seriously or on our cell phones so seriously. We're so connected that we have become puppets to a puppet master. And most of us don't even realize that has happened. And I see all this because of my upbringing. I was in a religion that, that that uses specific words that has rules set in place that's only used to physically and mentally and emotionally manipulate somebody manipulate people eight million people are allowing themselves to be manipulated emotionally and mentally and physically to do what a group of men want them to do you think that's any different you think that's any different Than what's being presented to us in social media. The algorithms and all that stuff. Let me tell you this. Mark Zuckerberg. Does not. Become one of the richest men. On the planet. For giving away a free service. Everyone has a price to pay. Well that's going to do it for this episode. Of the Dangerously Awkward Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. If you want to uh, keep up with the podcast or any upcoming shows, you can follow me on Instagram at @dangerouslyawkward. Dangerously um, If you want any more information about any upcoming projects or any upcoming, uh, you know, upcoming, whatever I'm doing soon, you can go to my website, www.kenangeromeboy.com. Have a good evening. Have a happy new year. And I will talk to you my soon. Hair is woolly- My back is strong